Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The death of your spouse. Some of you have experienced this. This is a life-altering event that changes everything about your day-to-day life. It is a cause for grieving, and it is a cause for deep pain. I once did the funeral for a man who had been married to his wife for 59 years. They had many ups and downs along the way. There were times where they didn't think they would make it. But in the end, his wife, who was left behind, said said that living without her husband was the toughest adjustment that she ever had to make. She said it was even tougher than having to live with him. (laughs) The death of a child. This is even worse. No one ever wants to bury their own child. In my small congregation in Montana, there were at least three families that lost a child, and one of those families lost two of their three sons. I remember one Sunday in particular when those three families sat together in the same pew. And all of the children that died, I believe, were in their 20s and 30s, and some of them had children. Those families had unbearable heartache that you can only know if you've lost a child as well. In our Old Testament lesson and in our Gospel lesson, today we see two different women with similar circumstances. They had both been widowed. They both had lost their husband. And in our readings today, we see that both of them had lost a son. In our gospel, it says the son of this widow was her only son. She once had a family to care for and to be cared for by, and now she was left alone in her home. Imagine the emptiness, the hopelessness. This is a place deep in a pit where none of us want to be. And for those of you who have been there, and if some of you are in this pit of loss, this is a place where it seems like there is no God. I remember when my cousin suffered from leukemia. My father called me in the middle of the night and told me that I should come to the hospital to go and say goodbye to her. She was very young, under 10. The doctors had told the family that chances of survival were very, very slim, and that we should say our goodbyes, just in case. I was about 45 minutes away, and I made the trip to see Laura. We were allowed to go in two at a time, I went in with my grandmother. My grandmother was so tore up over seeing her grandbaby lying there that she was very angry with God. 
She didn't know what she would do in her relationship with God if he took Laura. I remember praying for Laura that a miracle would take place and that he would bring her back to life. In our Old Testament lesson, we see a woman who is pushed to the very brink. She lost her husband and now her son. And she lashed out against God by what she said to the prophet. She said, what have you against me, O God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. She looked at God's word as not a blessing, but as a curse. In a way, this woman was saying that she wished that God would have just ignored her in hopes that everything would remain the same, that she would have her son back, her husband back. I'm sure that she didn't know what she was saying, But how many of us, when we are speaking from a place of hurt and pain, know what we are saying? She lashed out against her pastor, the prophet Elijah. And Elijah felt her pain. In himself, he had absolutely no power to do anything. But desperate, he said to the hurting woman, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms, and he carried him up into the upper chamber where he had lodged, and he laid him on his very own bed. And he cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon this widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? And he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried, O Lord, O Lord, my God, let this child's life come to him again. And the life of the child came into him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him from the upper chamber of the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. Elijah prayed to God just like we do for those that we love. And God heard him just as he hears us. And here, here, as he's done very few times in all of history, God raised someone from the dead. And here is the result. The woman said, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. Elijah spoke God's word, which is true. And Jesus is the word made flesh. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. And this woman came to believe in the coming of Jesus by the power of this miracle. And through Jesus, even though her son would die again, even though her husband remained dead, 
her son would live eternally just as she would. Now in our gospel lesson, we do not see just another prophet raising someone else from the dead. No. In our gospel lesson, we see the same God who answered Elijah's prayer who raised that widow's son from the dead, performing the same miracle again. It says, As Jesus drew near to the gate of the town, behold, a man who had died was being carried out, the only son of his mother. She was a widow. The considerable crowd from the town was with her, and when the Lord saw her, He had compassion on her and said, Do not weep. Then he came up and he touched the funeral bird, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man could do nothing other than to heed the voice of the Lord. And he rose from the dead. And Jesus gave this son to his mother. Fear seized them all, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has arisen among us. And even more, they said, God has visited his people. God indeed visited his people that day. For these people were face to face with Emmanuel, God with us. And the same way that Jesus raised the widow's son, answering the prayers of Elijah, he raised this young man. He spoke, and the dead were raised to new life. The the widow dared not hope for such a thing, and yet... In the presence of Jesus, God's Son, the dead live. There's one other widow that I would like to mention in the Bible. This woman had long lost her husband, and her son had become everything to her. She traveled with him as he went from town to town proclaiming God's word. Her son was the light of the world, and in the end, the people loved the darkness. And this widow, she saw her son beaten and bloodied. She saw Roman soldiers place a crown of thorns upon his head, and she saw them spit and slap his face. She was helpless, and no one paid attention to her cries. They were caught up in getting rid of her son. Her son was God's love for the world, God's love for her. Then she saw him, looking beyond human semblance, nailed to a cursed cross. And she wept 
as she saw her son breathe his last breath. Truly, that old Simeon was right when he held her baby. He said, and as for a sign that is opposed, a sword will pierce through your own soul. And as she watched her baby, who she once held in her arms, now dying on a wooden tree, no one could console her. Nothing but the promise that her son had made. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. You see, those people were not killing Mary's son. He was laying his life down for the sheep, and that included her. And by the Father's authority, the widow's son would be the first person in history, the first and only person, to raise himself from the dead. You see, the miracles that we heard here today were to show us that in Jesus, death has lost its sting. In Jesus, death has no victory. You know, in our readings, those sons that were raised by Jesus, they died again. They are not here today. They are in the ground. But Jesus, Jesus, he is not in the ground. No, he is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead. That in everything, he might be preeminent. For in him, and him alone, the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Paul continues, And you, who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. You do not feel holy if you feel anything like me. You do not feel blameless and you do that, least of all, do you feel above reproach. But in Christ, you are all of these things. You are a new creation. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you have heard, which has been proclaimed in all of creation. And did you hear what Paul said first and foremost? He said, firstborn from the dead. 
firstborn. The word first implies what? That there are more to follow. And that is you and I. That is our loved ones who have died in the faith. And just as death could not hold Jesus, it cannot hold us. We are his body. Where the head goes, the body must follow. In the death that Jesus died to sin, he died once for all. And the life he lives, he lives to God. And you must also consider yourselves dead to sin, but alive in Christ Jesus. And many of us who have had death touch our families as the widows in our gospel. We know what it means to be struck by grief. Fortunately, God deemed that my little cousin Laura should live. And we greatly rejoiced over God giving us more time on earth with her. In the wedding that I went to last month, It was her wedding. She married a friend of mine. But for some of us, God did not bring our children back. But even for those of us who have lost people who are in Jesus, we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who fall asleep. That you may not grieve as others do, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command and with the voice of an archangel with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. And now may the peace that surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.